This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. And not to do the wrong thing, which is to conceal and obstruct, which is what Trump Places did. where they should have been under secure location. That said, I do have to agree that this seems to have been handled completely differently than the hoarding of documents, the refusal by President Ah, so say they still the comparison. Well, but Trump, and we're going to get into that, but first, this is happening right now. Now, if you are in, let's say, like uh, um, uh, Columbia and maybe Fulton, places like that, you might go, oh, the roads are a little wet. Uh, if you get into southern portions of our listening area, it is getting pretty nasty. We have school closures. We are getting into that. But first, I want to bring in real quick Jefferson City Public Works, Britt Smith. Uh, Britt, big story on the roads this morning. What is it we need to know? The uh, snow is really coming down. Temperatures are still up, though, but uh, it, the volume of snow coming down has overtaken some of our, uh, um, actually most of our roads. We do have our plow trucks out, but if folks can delay that trip or give themselves some extra time in making that trip, we sure would appreciate it. As a matter of fact, we've got somebody saying it took me an hour and 15 minutes to get from St. Martin to Ashland. I know you're busy. This is, uh, we're getting the pictures. We're not even able to respond to all the text school closures. Anything else that we can add before we let you go, Brett? Well, you know, this is going to get out of here fairly soon, uh, as soon as the sun comes up, especially with our temperatures. So we just need everybody to give us give us a little bit of patience and a little bit of grace this morning. We've got all our trucks out, and they're plowing the roads as best they can at this point. All right, Britt Smith, Jefferson City Public Works. So don't thank you so much for your time. And if there's something, you have our studio line. You call us uh, if you need something, 874-9390. So, and this is why, I want to let you say, so if you're like, let's say, in Columbia, and you know, plenty of time you start getting to ashland and jefferson city uh we're getting texts like this highways uh, highway y and boone and callaway are blocked cars stuck on the hill terrible in all caps an hour and 15 minutes to get from st martin to ashland john i'm guessing most parents in these particular school districts they know school is canceled for the day a quick rundown of school closures Jefferson City Public Schools are now canceled. At last check, Elias was going to be open 10 a.m. late start, but uh, Kolar 5 in Eugene, Tuscumbia, Versailles, Lynn, Tipton, uh, the regular places, some of the schools at the lake pulling the plug on school today. Well, and we got the text at 6.50 a.m. that uh, Southern Boone would be closed. I I will note that I think... The bus usually shows up about 7.15. I wonder if anybody, you know, was already on the bus at 6.50. I don't think so. But, yeah, I mean, certainly for parents when we have been in the past receiving these snow closures, you know, days ahead of time and at least, you know, the day before getting it, getting the notice this morning is a bit of a surprise and could be a surprise for a lot of people. And uh, so right now with our test, so if you're texting us, we, you know, we take pride that we typically respond to probably 102% of the text that we do get here. At, Sometimes we just text you even if you didn't text us first. Surprise! <laughs> We're like Joe Biden learning that Huh, I had classified documents? Surprise! Sometimes we might reach out and say hello to you. Uh, and then there's times when it's completely, uh, we get uh, inundated. We Please know we do appreciate those texts. We do look at them sometimes. We just always, don't always get a chance to respond. So don't don't think we're, uh, we're, we're being rude or anything like that. So yesterday, by the way, it's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. That is Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, producer Hannah, I am Brandon Rathard, Brian Housworth back here on Monday. More documents found yesterday. Uh, and the, oh, surprise, I didn't know, who knew? And people, I, I wish in the national, if, if these national news outlets 
uh, could be more responsible and quit comparing. Well, but Trump, first of all, that's what about is. And I think we're adults. We can come up with better excuses than that. But I do. I, I get the point. And, and you are absolutely right as it relates to the national news outlets and their coverage of this. But let's say you're 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 listening and you're a, a supporter of Biden and you'll play twister to defend this guy, despite the fact of how much you're paying for eggs, despite how much your retirement right now is in the crapper, despite all that. Let's say you still think that Biden is doing a good job. Let's say that you still think this nation is okay. Let's let's say that you're one of those you think the border. That's no problem. People are upset because it's brown people that are coming across. No, we're upset because uh, there's taxpayer dollars. Our taxpayer dollars going to have to fix that because it's fentanyl that's coming to mid-Missouri that's killing our kids. That's why it's an issue. It's an issue for our fellow American neighbors that live along the border and have these people train. You know, they find corpse. Some of these people that live along, they find like corpse and stuff and trash and human feces and people... Oh, but kumbaya, my lord, they're human beings. Those people are not settled in reality. So it's so if you're one of those, I would ask you, and, I, and we're not chastising you. We're, we welcome you in to this way of thinking and this way of life. And I'm sorry what Joe has done to you. I really am. Sorry what he's done to this country. Um, but check us out for a while, okay? Uh, just listen for a couple of years. And if after a couple of years you don't like the show, we'll gladly refund your money. <laughs> or, or two weeks, whichever comes first. <laughs> but you need to separate. we got to separate this whole, well, Trump, because if you're a Biden supporter, what right now we have found, this is serious stuff for any president. This, these aren't just, oh, like what Joe, this is serious stuff, regardless of what anybody else has done. This is serious stuff. It really is. I mean, and if Trump really had, you know, classified documents and it was serious for him, then it's serious now. And it doesn't matter, you know, that Biden, I mean, I'm hearing two arguments. A, well, it was only 10 documents. That doesn't matter. If you had one really serious document about, about Russia, for example, and you had a hundred documents about, I don't know, France, you know, it doesn't matter whether it was one or whether it was a hundred. It really doesn't. And then the other thing they're talking about is, well, Biden cooperated right away. Well, yeah, he's pulling all the strings at DOJ. You know, if you have a boss that you like and you make a mistake, you're probably going to fess up to it pretty quickly. If you have a boss that's down your back, that wants to fire you, that wants to see you ruined and you make a mistake, are you going to just say, oh, guess what? I found this document I shouldn't shouldn't have had. And it, Trump was in a very different position at the time. You know, they had these documents. And so the fact that he wasn't the most cooperative when he's the DOJ has been after him from day one is not surprising. And so these are not, these are uh, differences. What is, what am I looking for? The, They're distinct. It's, it's just, anyway. You, we say what you know to men. There are a lot of differences, but in the end, it doesn't matter. It, docu- if there are classified documents, yeah. it's still a violation of the law. And we should be treating, whether you're Joe Biden, whether you're Hillary Clinton, whether you're President Trump, uh, we should be treating th- this all the same. Uh, 874-9390 with Biden's mental state. He honestly probably doesn't know anything about the paperwork. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with that. So we know what Biden uh, has been uh, saying. The uh, BS statement he gave the other day, part of which said... People know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously. Uh, we fixed that. It's a distinction without a difference. That's what I was looking for. People know I take classified documents. President said it. 
People know I take classified documents. <laughs> so if you make it into work this morning, if you're like in Montauk, Osage, Cole, Callaway counties, the weather doesn't keep you from making it into work. If you do get into work this morning, did you hear what they did on Wake Up Mid-Missouri? Did you hear what the president said? People know I take classified documents. Now, if Brian Houseworth was here. <laughs> he would say that's out of context. Yes. And he, he would take a ruler and wrap my wrists with him. Uh, da -da -da -da. Corinne Jean-Pierre, why not? She was asked several times yesterday about the stuff, and she just kept saying, I refer you to the Department of Justice. There are questions she could have answered that has nothing to do with the Department of Justice. There were questions, well, did you, was, was this happen? Nope, Department of Justice. Um, one of her statements from yesterday. Uh, and also, when it comes to classified, he takes classified documents very seriously. And uh, again, I'm going to leave you to the information that the president provided to all of you. And also, uh, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I got this for you, Steph. So those were Corinne Jean-Pierre's comments. He takes classified documents. Here you go. She said it. <laughs> That's the White House secretary. He takes classified documents. So now we have two pieces of audio <laughs> on record. People know I take classified documents. So that's the president himself, and you have Corinne Jean-Pierre. He takes classified documents. All right, I don't know what else we need, John. Let's wrap this court up. Move forward. Is it going to work for you? <laughs> Guilty. Uh, Look for me. 874-9390. David, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What's on your mind? I saw a video where a guy was explaining the, the the differences between the two, and he said that a president can declassify documents. So what Trump did wasn't near as bad as a vice president who having declassified documents who can't declassify documents. And I also wondered when they did their raid, is it been you know they're showing these damning uh, photographs of this stuff spread willy-nilly who's to say they didn't spread it willy-nilly to take the pictures for the photo op yep good point hey uh, david thank you be careful this morning because we are having road issues mostly as you get into uh cole monitor south of ashland if you're in columbia sounds like you're good it's wet but you should be shouldn't have any issues but you get i mean it, it is like they drew a line across ashland and i guess you get south of ashland and it really is not not very pretty this morning we but just got a yeah we just got a, a text message from law enforcement cole county jefferson city multiple roads blocked and slick 5179 route b 63 and they're saying maybe you would best off avoid driving at this time well and i think uh we just talked to Public Works Director Britt Smith, and I think he brought up a good idea with the temps, or a good point with the temps. Um, you know, it's not worth it to send, I mean, he didn't say it wasn't worth it, but he just said this stuff's going to burn off pretty quickly as soon as the sun comes out. So kind of a late start is what uh, is yeah. kind of what they're asking for. Looks for like there. the tail end of the storm on radar is back around between Tipton and Sedalia right now. So if you're like in the Columbia uh, area, just so you know, because you go to Columbia, or you're in Sturgeon, Centralia, where it, Everything's fine. Uh, I don't even see snowflakes on the trees. And then all of a sudden, you're getting south of Ashland, and it is getting nasty. Numerous uh, school closures, things like that. So please be careful. 874-9390. So you got a lot of folks that are leaving Columbia. Oh, doo -doo -doo -doo. What the heck is going on? It's catching people. I think it's caught meteorologists off guard. It's caught a lot of folks off guard this morning. We don't want you to be caught uh, off guard. By the way, coming up 735, housing issues. We talk about housing issues, whether it's Columbia, 
of people trying to find places to live or people putting up uh, putting up tents and living at a gas station there at 63 and 70, which is happening right now. That uh, housing debate in Jefferson City, affordable housing uh, in Work. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Now you're just doing this out of spite because someone besides myself called you out on it. I've been getting called out on this from management, consultants, co-workers, myself is the biggest one. that can, I'm the one I've been calling myself out for years on this, and that's the one that concerns me the most. Uh, and then our, uh, our, uh, our friend at, uh, the heck's the name of it, Millie. Uh, mm-hmm. At school, Blair Oaks, Blair Middle Oaks. School, yeah, and we can. <laughs> Yay, Brandon! <laughs> I remembered something. This brain's going. Uh, by the way, Tobler hosts the Randy Tobler Show weekdays four to six. New, uh, he's going to be joining us eight ten. There's a new Alzheimer's medication, <laughs> and maybe that was a bad way. I took about how I forget new Alzheimer's medication potentially offering hopes for folks, um, but incredibly expensive. He's here at eight ten. All right, what is hot with Anna? Well, it's more or less something that's not hot that's getting. What do we call it? Reimagined. They're circling back on it. So Pepsi, the company, is rebranding their Sierra Mist. So Sierra Mist will be no longer. Um, and they are rebranding as a lemon lime soda called Starry, which is a weird name for a soda, I think. But Starry is a new Sierra Mist formula that is supposed to better compete with Sprite which has long dominated the lemon-lime soda sales. So Sierra Mist is just trying to copy Sprite, and they think a rebrand is the best way to do that. Interesting. No. I, Sierra Mist was always my favorite clear soda when I drank a lot of clear soda. Now, Coca-Cola just had, like, have you seen those bottles, and they're, like, called Starlight? Is it Dream-flavored Coca-Cola? Yeah, and I've been too f- afraid to try it. Has anyone had it? Have you had it? Wasn't it, like, a, was it a marshmallow... Flavor is that what I'm thinking of? Something like that. If maybe if you've sampled that uh, dreamy flavored Coca Cola eight seven four ninety three ninety, you know my favorite clear drink of all time vodka, uh, <laughs> water, <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> can, can I get some points for the assist on the setup there? Uh, Pepsi Clear. Remember the disaster oh. that was Pepsi Clear? You liked that? Yep, I was one of the few that uh, that did. Pepsi Clear. It's probably better for your teeth, right? Yeah. Uh, it came out, was it the, the 1992-1993 Super Bowl was the big introduction? I actually liked uh, Pepsi Clear, obviously in the uh, minority. I mean, the first time that you pour out like a Capri Sun out of the pouch and it's like fruit punch and it's you, you in your mind, you're like, this is red and you pour it out and it's clear. You're like something, this is, I, I can't, I'm not putting this together. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. This is one of those... Not that I drink a whole lot of Capri Suns, but on the rare occasion, like if I'm hanging out with the grandkids or whatever, and I'm pouring this, like that stuff, it's like a clear, and it's almost syrup. It's this close to having yeah. the vicos- viscosity of like a 10W30 or something, or Caro syrup. <laughs> it's supposed to have color if it's fruit punch flavored, man. Or it's supposed yeah. to be like bright blue, like the blue, you know, but it, no, it's clear, and you're thinking, why... And then you you think about your childhood and how much like electric orange, bright blue, bright red. It just stained your whole face that you drew, you grew up, and it had nothing to do with the flavor. It was just there for fun. What flavor are you drinking? Blue. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, real quick. So it, it, I want to highlight this. So in southern portions of the Wake Up Mid Missouri listening uh, 
area. Uh, road schools condition. pretty much all closed from Ashland to the south, Fulton, all the way down to some of the lake schools. So Jefferson City, uh, public and parochial, at least on the Catholic side, closed up. Because of the snow. We want to let you know that because, especially with the number of folks that are... are This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. To supply welfare housing, welfare everything, it's all of a sudden the state does it. The churches don't do it anymore. The privates don't do it anymore. We're going to have just nothing but a town of rental housing everywhere. If we don't come come to grips with single family, it has to be developed. Um, We can have programs for that. Workforce assistance. I mean, assistance. This isn't workforce housing. This is for lower income housing. Jefferson City Council First Ward uh, member Jack Deacon several months ago in the uh, the whole thing with the uh, low income housing or is it workforce development housing? And I uh, I agree with some of those comments there, especially as it relates to let's call this um, what it is. As a matter of fact, the folks that are are, are backing this, uh, I think may have been better served if they would have called it what it is at the get go. But I will also say this. Something needs to be done. Serious. I, I say what you will. Something needs to be done when it comes to some type of housing. And I don't care what part of Missouri you're in right now. Uh, we need to do something with housing. And here's why. You get these companies, whether it's uh, uh, Unilever, uh, it could be any. Just think of any big company. All right. And they're trying to recruit, having a hard time recruiting anyway. Uh and they don't have places for these people to live. John, where the you said specifically there's one, and they're having to bus people to different towns. Yeah, that was what we were told. The Quaker Window Plant, the yeah. the newest one down in Eldon, was found some uh, some housing, you know, some assisted housing for folks all the way up in Callaway County, and they're running them back and forth to the plant on buses every day. So we have to do, and here's why, because these, listen, these, these businesses that are here that have been part of the reason that is communities, whatever community you're, you're, you're in, uh, a lot of that centers around some of these bigger factories hiring people, especially when, let's say you're talking about a town of 40,000 people, Jefferson City. Some does need to be done. Where is the line on that? I want to bring in Ann Bax. Ann Bax is president of the United Way of Central Missouri. And thank you so much for joining us this uh, this morning. There is a, a great opinion piece in this morning's Jefferson City News Tribune. Housing solutions fall victim to NIMBY. I think that's reasonable, too. So let's start here. Do you think folks that are saying, hey, not in my backyard, do you kind of agree with some of that argument? Well, I would say, I guess I look to the other, um, I guess, the, the other properties that have been built, you know, the, and they're called the Missouri Housing Development Commission <laughs> Low Income Housing Tax, um, this, um, different properties. And, and those are nice properties. And so um, I understand a, a new development in a, in a neighborhood, um, you know, no matter what, it, it changes things. And I understand that. But I think looking at our community as a whole, you know, when we look at the perspective of, you know, you go back to the tornado. Before the tornado, we were having trouble finding housing. Um, and we lost 140 rental units and about oh, 20 to 30 plus um, single family dwellings. I mean, and those have not come back. So, you know, it's uh, it's certainly a, a big issue for our community. And as you mentioned, we're not alone. Yeah. Housing is an issue all over all over the nation. And and I'm wondering if because of and we we've uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the comments from uh, Mr. Deacon from a couple of months ago. Um, and and 
how it's been covered. We've seen what's happened in city council meetings. Do you know from where you sit? And I know, I know the incredible work you guys do at the United Way keeps you incredibly busy. But I'm wondering, has anybody said, hey, uh, Mr. Deacon and folks that are adamantly against this and folks that are for can we all just like get outside the setting of a city council meeting can we kind of like get together somehow as long as we're you know in in line with sunshine laws can we somehow get together and see where is the meeting point on this do you know has anything like that happened i'm not i i don't know that um i know there have been some some conversations um i'm hopeful that that can can still happen i think um I know there have been, uh, you know, the, the uh, voices of opposition and the voices that are in support of. Um, there have been some smaller meetings, to my uh, knowledge, but, you know, to get a bigger meeting together, I'm not familiar yet. But, you know, I think um, I definitely agree uh, needs to happen because we need to find a way to move our community forward. Um, again, you mentioned just some of the ripple effects that um, not enough housing causes. And, um, you know, it's 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 a real problem that we as a community need to come together on. Yeah, and I, I, I do agree with that. So here's what I'm thinking. And we need to get people like me and uh, and you and Councilman Jack Deacon and we get John Marsh, we go hang out at Oscars, and we have lunch one day, and we, we at least try to find, in a different setting, outside the realm of politics, that's, I think, one of the issues with, just my opinion, mm-hmm. but we get outside the realm of top politics, we acknowledge what some, what some of the facts and the truths are, and then we say, what is the best way that is palatable for us uh, to try to deal with this. Our guest this morning, uh, Ann Bax, president of the United Way of Central Missouri. We're talking about workforce slash affordable housing uh, here this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And something you were intimately involved in. I know there's a lot of talk about these four, these four projects, these private projects, to provide some affordable housing after the 2019 tornado destroyed like 150 lower income homes rentals mainly in jefferson city are you still working with those folks um you know after the um the grant funding did not come through from mhdc um you know i think things have kind of i think there's just been a lot of kind of questions about how can we move forward so um you know we have a housing task force that, that i'm a part of that um um, Susan Cook Williams with Habitat leads, and um, actually that group is meeting today. And I think you know, again, just trying to start talking about what are next steps, how can we all come together, and um, so, so you know, it's uh, that was a you know that was an opportunity that that we just saw as probably one that doesn't come around a lot. You know, we also had those tax credits from the disaster, so um, you know, again. And those developers saw this, you know, this opportunity. And we, when we heard about it as nonprofits and and, uh, understood, you know, looking at it up close and personal through like our long-term recovery committee that's still working from the tornado, we just saw this as, yes, um, we thought this was a great opportunity for the community. Yeah, I've been following that. And they had that uh, big conference that I attended um, a couple months ago now. Um, but the Capital City Housing Task Force does have its own Facebook page for people looking to get involved. But, you know, is there anything the United Way can do to support uh, private uh, developers? Because I know they were present at that housing 
uh, development conference and, and had brought up some issues with the city. Like, hey, if we change some of these rules and regulations, we could, you know, part, partner and privately bring some of some more affordable housing to the market. Right. We see United Way's role is to be a voice. And, and you know, um, as far as funding, you know, our funding wouldn't be able to go in that direction because it is to go for uh, health and human services. But absolutely, we see, you know, our role is to look for needs in the community and, and try to help, you know, the community come together. So that's really kind of what we've seen our role to be. So as a part of that Capital City Housing Task Force, um, you know, that's being a part of that, I think, has helped us to even better understand, you know, from all all vantage points. Because, again, you know, yes, we are working with a lot of low income folks, but we're working with a lot of folks who are, are middle income and um, and and higher income as far as just, you know, some are clients, some are donors, some are advocates. And um, all of us working together to just, you know, all have, of us have the same goal to move our community forward. And and so um, I think this Capital City Housing Task Force is a great um, way for us to work together. And again, like you said earlier, try to maybe, you know, then pull in some city councilmen, um, some of the developers and, and just try to figure out, you know, what are the obstacles and how can we try to overcome those? Uh, and I'm kind of, uh, and I'm going to brag on myself a little bit here, Ann. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I'm liking this idea, like me, you, and Marsh at Oscars. Uh, maybe Mr. Deacon. Let me ask, who would be the one, if we did this, who would be first on your list, somebody who opposes this, who would be the first on your list that you would invite to sit down and talk? Because we agree there's a need. We want we want our community to be better. I, we all agree on that. How we get there, the bus we take there is different. Who would be the first person you would invite to this lunch? That opposes it? Yeah. Uh, well, probably um, Ron Fitzwater, because I think he is going to be, you know, our incoming mayor. Yeah. So I think he would be important to be around the table for sure. Okay. Somebody that, that is um, in support and very knowledgeable definitely would be Luke Holt Schneider. Well, that was my, um, yeah, and that was my next question. Who's the one person that, yeah. that, that is in agreeance on this particular bus? Who is it you would invite? Uh, our uh, guest, Ann Bax, president, United Way of Central Missouri. We're talking uh, housing in Jeff City. And for a lot of people out there, I talked to uh, Lieutenant Governor Mike Keogh immediately after the vote didn't go Jefferson City's way from the mhdc folks and he pointed out he said people have a misconception that if you go before the mhdc for these kind of funding it's this kind of funding it's a slam dunk more often than not that uh, the vast majority of projects aren't approved for this kind of tax dollar funding right and that's kind of again this was new to me i've never you know even known anything about the mhdc tax credits prior to this so I, you know, was trying to learn as much as I could. And, and that was something that, and you know, that, that I learned as well. It's, it's very competitive and, um, you know, that, um, you know, we're a, a, a smaller community. So, you know, I know there's a lot of those um, applications coming in from bigger communities and, uh, you know, it is very competitive. And, but, uh, you know, the fact that we had four, four um, applications, we were just keeping fingers crossed that maybe we could, one of those could, could be successful, and then hopefully our community could see that it could be a, a positive thing. All right. Ann Bax, President, United Way of Central Missouri, here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWOS. So, John, uh, uh, I'm looking at John here. So, John, it says, uh, so it'll be me and uh, John 
and you and uh, and uh, Mr. Fitzwater. And uh, John's buying lunch. I had Oscars for all of us. John, thank you so much. And thank you for the work. That you, thank you for what you guys do yeah, thanks, at, uh, at the United Way. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. We are appreciative of your time. Weather real quick. If you're leaving Columbia, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Coal miners, a lot of people have voted for Biden who had no idea what he's going to do and what's yet to come. That's why I say... They're going to overstep, and it isn't going to take them long, and it isn't going to be pretty when all kinds of people start to figure it out. Two things, two big things here. So Rush Limbaugh, the Missourian, uh, born and raised in Cape Girada, Missouri, uh, would have been 72 years old uh, today. Uh, Those are comments following the 2020 election. And isn't that amazing? What he is saying there. And, of course, a lot of us smart folks, we knew that. We knew it was going to be bad. And here we are on January the 12th of 2023, and it is bad. We're two years into this thing, and it is just as absolutely positively as bad as people said. And that's why we have an influx of of a whole bunch of new young listeners here to wake up mid-Missouri. Folks that are like, I voted for Biden. Oh, my God, I didn't know what I was doing. And people that are, are going, okay, I see what's happening. Rush Limbaugh made those comments over two years ago. He said, you don't know what's coming. Just wait and what it's going to be. And here we are today. I was sitting with a friend last night looking at retirement plans, the amount of money that they have lost. (laughs) Wow. I'm not looking at mine because I want to know, man. Uh, I've got friends paying uh, seven and eight bucks for a dozen eggs and everything else that goes with it. Anyhow, Rush Limbaugh would have been 72 today. Got his start in radio in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and Zimmer Radio. Tied very closely uh, to Rush Limbaugh. Got his bust there in the Capitol in Missouri Hall of Famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Folks in Cape Girardeau know, knew him as Rusty Limbaugh. That was what he went by. Really? Yeah. Rusty Limbaugh. Well, Rusty Limbaugh, his mom's name was Millie, who's uh, one of our favorite students at Blair Oaks Elementary right now. His mom, he had a mom named Millie, and she was tickled to death that she got to hear her son on her hometown radio station. Well, then he moved, he went national and moved away. Zimmer Radio, the first, one of the first affiliates in the country to pick up the Rush Limbaugh show because he was a Missourian, because he was local. Yeah, own boy. Well, and still a very prominent family. Uh, mm-hmm. Relatives, uh, judge, uh, federal judge Stephen Limbaugh in uh, St. Louis, and then also Cole County Judge uh, Chris Limbaugh, I believe, is the cousin of Rush Limbaugh. So. Is he cousin or nep- nep- cousin? I guess. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. So he would. So the the mom was enthused. Matter of fact, Zimmer Radio. Here's what we did for for we. I wasn't part of Zimmer Radio yet. Uh, but is what they did for him is so they did this for the mom, this radio station at the the nine, the big nine sixty KZIM. They would run rush in the day so Millie could listen to her son, and then they would air it like in the middle of the night just so she could listen to her son again. So years go on down the road, and of course you know the story of Rush Limbaugh. He was on TV, was a commentator, Monday Night Football. Without a doubt, there's nobody else in radio, not Sean Hannity, not Glenn Beck, not Howard Stern, nobody that has done what he did because he changed the ball game. He really did, and he would he would come here. He would come to Missouri. He did. And do he would still do his national shows. He would do them from here a lot while he was going hanging out with his family in Cape. Especially when his mom was very ill there yeah. at the end. Yeah, he spent a lot of time here in the state, and he would do his show 
from Zimmer radio stations. And I got to tell you, here's what he told us one time. Uh, now, remember, he was doing, and he was, WABC was his home for a while in New York. Uh, WABC, if, like, that's, you know, that's the ultimate, I guess, when it comes to radio. It's owned by ABC. He would come in and say this. He would say, the Zimmer radio studios in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, are so much better 